His parents and all his kinfolk were dead. In his solitude, Moroni questioned how long he would be able to survive, staying one step ahead of the barbaric Lamanites who were seeking to murder him. But to his astonishment, he escaped death and continued to frequently move and avoid discovery. In his spare time, Moroni abridged the record of the Jaredites that had been passed down to his ancestors since the time of Mosiah. Now, that complete, what more could he contribute to God's cause? Let's take a look and see. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon. We're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we welcome you to this podcast today. You know, we think about Moroni, and we think about him being alone. But was he really alone? As far as we know, he was alone. But he did have the constant companionship of the Holy Ghost. And he also had visitation from angels and even Jesus Christ. So he wasn't really alone. As his life continued, and he didn't know how long he would live, but as he continued to evade the discovery of the Lamanites, he saw visions, and he writes to us. He says, I'm writing to you as if you were present. I know you're not, but Jesus Christ himself has shown me your doings. Moroni was permitted to see the restoration of the church. Yeah. And what a thrill that must have been to realize that he personally would be part of the restoration of the gospel in the final days of the earth. Yeah. There are other prophets who got to see things like that. Like Moses kind of talks about that. Yeah. There have been several throughout time who have seen, and it's interesting the way they describe it, because they not only see a broad landscape, but he somehow permits them to see everybody individually really fast. Yeah. I it's, it's hard to comprehend, but it's one of those things that you probably don't appreciate unless you've actually experienced. And since none of us have experienced it, there's no. only a handful of people who really understand it. We can't comprehend that, that he could see every individual that was upon the earth and know their hearts and know what they were thinking. Yeah. But that's the kind of visions those prophets received, including Moroni. Mm -hmm. And as I say, Moroni had to be thrilled to realize that even though he was alone, in the future, his image would stand atop the Latter-day Temples. <laughs> yeah. He's probably like, that's not what I look that's like. That's not what I look like. <laughs> I'm not playing a horn. <laughs> we believe that Moroni was writing to us, and certainly he was writing to the church in the last days, as were most of the writers in the Book of Mormon. They weren't just writing for their own benefit or the benefit of their people, they were looking down through that long corridor of history and saying, to you people in the last days who will read this book, let me speak to you personally. I think Moroni did that. Beyond that, Moroni was writing for Joseph Smith. Yeah, definitely a lot of it was directed to Joseph Smith and to those organizers of the church. The three witnesses. Yeah. That's right. And Moroni was so intent on teaching Joseph Smith that right in the middle of his translation, he stops and he says, Oh, uh, and by the way, Joseph Smith, when you get these plates, and read this in Ether chapter 5, verse 3, And behold, ye may be privileged that ye may show the plates unto those who assist to bring forth this work, and unto three 
shall they be shown by the power of God, wherefore they shall know of a surety that these things are true. (laughs) So here, in the middle of the translation of the book of Ether, Moroni stops and says, Oh, let me talk to you for a minute, Joseph Smith, just here on the side. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have three witnesses. This is what you need to do. Show them the plates so they will know for sure that they're true. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Moroni was constantly thinking about Joseph Smith and about the last days when all things would be restored. Yeah, it must have been fascinating for Joseph Smith, too, to kind of read these things and be like, oh, he's talking to me here. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. He had met Moroni before all this. So he's reading it. And then when he reads the words of Moroni, he's like, I know this guy. I've met him. <laughs> like, I don't know how well they, like, I don't think they hung out or anything, but <laughs> he had met the, the prophet Moroni as an angel. <laughs> and it's interesting, the relationship that's there between this ancient prophet Moroni, and this modern prophet Joseph Smith, mm-hmm. that throughout Moroni is just concerned. Joseph, I want to help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. As Moroni lived his life in solitude, he began to think, what can I write in these last few years that I'm alive? What can I write that would be a benefit to Joseph Smith as he reorganizes the church? Yeah. What would he need? He's going to have to face all of this tremendous organization that takes place. What's he going to need for me to help him organize the church? Now, I'm sure he understood that God could reveal those things individually to Joseph Smith and probably would. But in addition to that, he thought, what can I personally do to help Joseph Smith? And he wrote what today appears to me to be a handbook of instructions. Yeah. If you think about it, the rest of the Book of Mormon, a lot of it's like stories of what's happening to the people. Moroni didn't give us that. He didn't say, Last night I had this run-in with Zion or whatever. Like, he's not telling us his personal story. He's not telling us even his personal thoughts on things so much as just giving us... It's Yeah, it's almost like a handbook. For example, Moroni outlined in detail the following things. Number one, step by step, how do you confirm someone a member of the church and give them the Holy Ghost? That's in Moroni chapter two. Number two, step by step, How do you ordain priesthood leaders? Chapter 3. Number 3, step by step, how do you administer the sacrament? That's in chapter 4. Number 4, what are the exact words to both sacrament prayers? That would be found in chapters 4 and 5 of Moroni. Number 5, what are the requirements for baptism? How should members fellowship each other? How does one go about excommunicating a sinful member? Even to the detail of, how do you conduct a meeting? (laughs) All of those are answered in chapter 6 of Moroni. Number 6. What is the light of Christ? How is a person saved? If you need help, how can angels minister to you? All of those questions are answered, not in his own words, but in the words of his father Mormon from his letter to Moroni. In chapter 7. Number 7. Should children be baptized? Answer is in chapter 8. Number 8. What are the spiritual gifts? How can a person know if the writing in the Book of Mormon is actually true? And that's in chapter 10 of Moroni. He basically is outlining all these things that they would need. And the church 
wasn't even a thing at, at this point. It was Joseph Smith was probably reading across these for the first time as they were doing the translations. The church wasn't organized until after the Book of Mormon had been published. So it was, I'm sure, really helpful for them to read these things. And as they started to think about how they would go about organizing this church, I'm sure a lot of it, yeah, came through Revelation. But to be able to have this handbook that's like, <laughs> here you go, do this, this, this. When I read Moroni, I kind of think of it as Moroni's words, but some of it's things that he got from his father. Other things are things that he got directly from Jesus Christ. Sacrament prayers were probably given to the Nephites when Christ administered the sacrament with them and told them how to do it. And so he was giving Joseph Smith the pure doctrines that he would need so that we could have a church today. I think about the simplicity and complexity of the sacrament prayers. And to think that Joseph Smith, just in writing the Book of Mormon, all of a sudden decided, oh, I'm going to make a couple of chapters on the sacrament prayers. <laughs> Volumes yeah. of books have been written about the sacrament prayers and the significance of those words. How blessed we are to have those words today. Yeah. I really love how he ends it all, too. But at the end, he finally shares his own testimony, and it's such powerful words as he closes out the Book of Mormon and encourages us to come unto Christ and be perfected in him. And it's just beautiful words. Moroni is amazing to me. If there's anyone in the Book of Mormon history who has a rightful reason to feel sorry for himself, it's Moroni. Yeah. However, in the end of his writing, there's no self-pity or resentment you sense that all of Moroni's thoughts were about helping others and pleasing his Heavenly Father. Well, our dear friends, this podcast concludes our study of the Book of Mormon. We hope you found these episodes to be both eye-opening and testimony-building. Because the church study with Come Follow Me is focused next year on the Book of Mormon, we have decided to re-release this last year's podcasts with updated comments and references to the weekly Come Follow Me lessons. We hope you'll join us, and of course, continue to enjoy your reading.